And now, PureFandom.com presents another episode of Brad and Court Talk. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another Pure Fandom Podcast of Brad and Court Talk. I'm Brad. And I'm Court. Welcome back to the Boulder Free Zone. Uh, so what say you? Is it uh, Enter Trash Man or the Trash Man Cometh? Uh, yeah, it's a dude with a fire thing with issues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he has a few. Fire starter. Who's that? Who did that song? So I, I'm going to lose it now. I will have to read Prodigy. Prodigy. That was it. <laughs> yes. Oh. That, he would have been perfect in a music video with Yes, them. yes. Uh, before we jump into that, just want to remind everybody to check us out over at purefandom.com. You can find our full playlist of recaps and interviews over there and at SoundCloud as well. Also, be sure to check out some of the other great writers over at Pure Fandom. If there's a show or movie you love, someone over there is writing something amazing about it. And Court, how can uh, good people reach us? Well, you can find uh, me on Twitter. I'm at Jim Dev. He is on Instagram. He is Ramblin Brad. If you want to email us, you can email us at bradandcourttalk at gmail.com. Brad, are we on Facebook? Yeah, are we're we? on Facebook. Uh, the Brad and Court Pure Fan of Facebook group. You can find us there. Uh, I post the uh, podcast and everything on there when we, the articles and everything when we post them. That's about yes. all I've really been doing there because I've been busy with like a billion other things. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. And of course, we have the Van Housing Facebook group, and there's the regular um, Pure Fandom page that you guys definitely can check out. And you do want to check it out because if you've been watching um, WandaVision, uh, some of us over at Pure Fandom, we've been doing these live uh, live, live streams, uh, just talking about the show. Um, we're scheduled to do one tonight. So it's Saturday right now where we're recording. By the time you hear this, we'll have recorded. So um, anytime you want to check us out, uh, you can uh, check us out usually at nine o'clock and they'll post the link either on Twitter um, or on the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like a periscope. periscope. Yeah. Check it out. I, I'm, I'm letting my WandaVisions build up a little bit. <laughs> you do want to do that because you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and yeah, I've been kind of just, I've been checking out some podcasts because I really haven't been doing it for like a couple months. So I'm like jumping back yeah. into that. And I'm watching a lot of short things on YouTube too, like between true crime stuff and powerlifting. It's pretty of much where course. I go back and forth. I'm just. Uh, I'll send you a couple of new horror ones I found. Oh, okay, cool. I'm down with that. All right. So what was this episode about? What are we talking about? Oh, wow. So we are talking about The Stand, episode 106, The Vigil. And like I said, the trash man cometh. You've been waiting for him. Flag takes a chunk out of a nomad. I know, I know Brad is going to want to talk about that dude a little bit. <laughs> and also, <laughs> Natalie and Harold make their move. Yeah. So, hmm. Where do, where, where do you want to start on this one? Let's start with your dude, the trash man. You've been waiting for him. I was so waiting for the trash can man to show up. Uh one of my favorite characters, he has a lot of issues going on in his life. And yeah, I was kind of, while I did enjoy how it was, he was portrayed, I was underwhelmed with him. You were underwhelmed? He didn't do a good job for he you. Did, he did a great job of it, but yeah. you got to understand, Trash Can Man is somebody who had a lot of issues i mean he comes across as you don't really get any of his backstory for for the main part all we know yeah. is about trash can man he likes to blow stuff up he's being a little creepy and everything else we got that and he's feral too so he's all he's just uh let's burn everything 
And in if you reference the book on it, it doesn't. You don't really. He's he clearly has the mental illness thing going on. You see that. Yeah. But we yes. don't engage with him in that way. Anything. There's right. no backstory, uh, backstory motivation or anything on trash to let you know what he's about. He's just right. he's there. He's just a character who just and he's coming into New Vegas where you know everybody never ending sex party going on there and there's apparently mass killings because that's cool. <laughs> and, and which there's a lot of stuff in New Vegas that doesn't make any sense going on to it. Yeah. And I that's kind of my part my issue that I had with Trash Can Man because he was a severely traumatized person as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And right. this is how things got onto it and, and built up for him. And when Trash got, went to Vegas, and this is in the book, he w- he felt welcomed by a group of people for the first time. And that's how he felt like he was part of a family and, and everything else. And he gave his allegiance to flag under those circumstances, and it made total sense. That's was like, oh my, you know, this is how he finally felt like something. So do you think we should have been introduced to this character way before now? Or since this this series is nine episodes, this is episode six. So do you think we're too far into it and they could have used a lot more of the time they've spent kind of expounding on this character. He needed, he needed a backstory before we even got to him. I mean, we need something more from him. A flashback right now. If you flashback and tell me next week about him, it's not going to be the same as, Oh, that makes sense. Then I have to think back on it. And this is a lot of my issues I have with this series so far is because of the flashbacks. I'm not invested in people as much as I should be. Yeah, like the the way they chop things up, um, like we talked a little bit about this offline, uh, the way they portrayed Nick, like I loved Nick's character and I'm, I'm reading the book, so I love his character in the book and also in the other series. Um, in this version, I enjoyed the actor, but we didn't get a lot from him. Right. So while I was sad, I will be sad because we saw how he went at the end of this, ep- this episode, but like I, I wasn't connected to him. Right, exactly, and that's the whole point with Nick. If you don't know anything else, if this is your only thing in the stand that you've ever done, you've only seen this and you haven't seen the other one or read the book, you don't really know that much about Nick other than the fact that Flag asked him to be with him and Mother Abigail did, and he chose Mother Abigail, and we know he's kind of nice, right? Because he does take care of the guy who beat the crap out of him. Yeah, we know that. And, of course, we had his relationship with Tom, but we don't, we don't get a lot of it. Yeah, we don't really have anything else. So, like, when, it, when he blew up, I was more or less going, okay, so how did they get the explosive into the piano? Like, when did that happen? When did that happen? I was like, okay, so, okay, we're going to jump ahead to that, that, that moment. So Harold came to pick everybody up because he's like, okay, come on, it's time to go find Mother Abigail because he was trying to make way so that uh, Nadine would have space to like put in the piano as I kind of figured that's what she was going to do. 
um, when she mentioned, I know the perfect place. So okay. flashback to her, her conversation with Joe and mother Abigail from the last episode. Um, well, I saw so she had the knew, poster thing, but I was yeah. just leaning that up. But, I thought that was it. So, but yeah, they cleared a space out. Uh, like, uh, Stu went with Harold and I, I guess fi- I figured, uh, Glenn went somewhere too, but Nick never left. Nick had, they said, Ray said, you, Hey, you haven't left here since she, since she disappeared. Like you're not helping or anything. He's just kind of hanging out in her room. Right. So it would have been cool to see, um, like the suspense of Nadine putting that in the piano and like Nick, I guess, not realizing what she was doing. Or yeah, something at least, you know, and that's the whole the only thing that they set up on the whole thing with Nick was him playing the piano earlier and feeling the uh-huh. vibration as it was washing the keys. Now, question. So mm-hmm. when he was walking past the piano to leave this time, I know he looked back because um, Harold was calling out. And, of course, he, c- he couldn't have heard him because he's deaf, right? Right. Uh, now, th- did he touch the piano But yeah. when he was leaving? Yeah, okay. he hit one of the keys and nothing happened. Okay. Okay, never so, mind then. So when he when he when he touched one of the keys and he didn't feel the vibration, that's when he opened up the lid and saw the bomb. Right. Looked up at the sky and said, I guess this is the end of my character. Okay. All right, no, I'm good then. I'm good with that part. But like again, I wasn't as invested in this in this Nick. I was invested in like my other movie Nick and my, my book Nick. I'm I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you totally. I I just when he died, it was like, yeah, he. I was like, well, that was a pretty big fire there for. Mm, okay, cool. So, big boom. I was more or less like, Franny, don't fall on your belly. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I was worried about that, and I was trying to see who else was going to get taken out too. Well, there was a whole entire pipe bomb thing with that because there's all the nails and everything else, so you have projectiles going everywhere. Oh, so okay. there should be more dead people. But, well, I guess we'll find out. Because we did see well, a couple people. they weren't all in the house. Right. They were going to try to take out the whole town if they could. Except for the kids, which I have questions about. So, okay, okay you're saying, oh, the kids are going to be there? No, Joe can't go to this. And this is a very good reason why all the kids should not be there. Okay, so let's say you were successful. So, were you going to take all the kids to New uh, Vegas with you? Or what was going to happen to all the kids? No, the kids were still... So, the entire thing that Nadine was trying no, to do... No. Hmm? Uh-huh. No, I, I know, I know. Um, Nadine, she's not evil enough to kill all the kids. But I'm just saying, let's say they were successful enough to take out the entire town. Who was going to take care of the kids? They weren't taking out the entire town. All they wanted to do was take out the leaders. No, no, yeah, but at one point in time, they said, "Why don't we go ahead and invite the whole, have them do the vigil, and, and do it when they had the vigil where the whole town is going to be there." Well, I think even they knew that they wouldn't be able to kill the everybody in there with the explosive. They would hurt a lot of people, but. There's no way you're going to knock everybody out. Okay. Because there's still going to be people out and about doing security and stuff. Yeah, because even the folks who were searching for Mother Abigail, like, they weren't there. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're just taking out a large chunk of the population okay. in one shot. Um, speaking about that, Harold. And again, Harold, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to complain too much on this episode about <laughs> Harold. You you find out that Harold kind of moved into like one of the lead roles or like pretty quick in the story, uh-huh. it seemed. And even in this one, it shows it was he he the portrayal of Harold is awesome. He is so creepy. He he plays mm-hmm. creepy good. Yeah. But he's still um held up in the fact that he is a rejected writer and can't do anything. 
he can manipulate people, but he uh-huh. can't shoot Stu in the head. He's he's right there. Has the whole thing to do. He can't do it. And he technically didn't do the bombing by himself either because he had to have Nadine help him, and she kind of pushed the button with him. I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I go back and forth on on, on him because he couldn't he couldn't kill Franny like he locked her away right. like even with as much as his animosity it is like he still cares about her, um and he couldn't like take that extra step to take her out and with the thing with Stu like Stu had his back turned for all that time I was waiting for him to turn around and see the gun, and like he's talking about you know we care about you you're important to us mm-hmm. and like st- Harold still has his. Thing battling out inside of him even when he's ready to kill all these people like right. i don't he's ugh. my only issue i had with franny on this episode was the fact that she goes down there and goes oh my god there's a camera in our bedroom huh <laughs> let me go investigate a little bit more and i right. love the fact because this is an added scene because this isn't something I, that i remember from the book at all no and, not at all and i love the fact of when she goes to break in, she goes, maybe that was when, you know, when Franny had that pregnancy paranoia thing going on. <laughs> She's justifying breaking into Harold's place. Yeah. But yeah. You, you see your you see yourself, uh, your room on TV. This is where you run out and get somebody else. You uh-huh. don't keep looking. Right. So Like, okay, so you have found the suspicious thing, something that will help others to keep looking for something else more. So, yeah. Right. And in here again, you know, we still have Harold uh, complaining how everybody left him. You know, Captain Trips was supposed to be his journey, his chance to do everything. His adventure. Yeah. Like, dude, adventure? Really? And all he got was rejection for Franny because of Stu. Ah, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he told Stu, you just have everything handed to you. Yep. And, like, that's not true no well that's in his mind that's kind of what he's looking at but harold missed everything that he like had a really good friend who gave him a nickname hawk because hawk was cool and Uh uh-huh and just lost it with nadine and he doesn't even get to do anything with nadine so he did call her out and say what if flag is not telling you everything either yeah and like harold could have like if he weren't on this path to be like one of uh, Flag's minions, like he could have had a good space there. Like you said, he had a good friend. I'm sure there was a lady who would have fallen in love with Harold for all his electronic <laughs> skills and have uh, his Tom Cruise smile. Um, but again, like this is not how it was written. He was written to be the bad guy. Right. Well, yeah. actually he was written to be a uh, Nadine's trigger man. Yeah, exactly. That's br- pretty much what ends up with him. So, uh, what speaking about Nadine, we kind of got her little journey here on this whole point. And there was some weird things going on with her character because we actually see both ways of her. When Joe out of the blue <laughs> tells Larry that mommy, yeah, Nadine, he starts talking. Yeah, mommy Nadine is not the same person as Nadine. <laughs> she's like, and Joe, Larry's like, whoa. <laughs> he said, he said, she two faced, don't trust her. And, and she is because. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Mommy Nadine take care of the kids and everything else. She made sure the children were not at the vigil. Right. She didn't want Joe at the vigil. Right. And, you know, I loved her uh, her her rationalizing of that. It's like, you know, all these children went to vigils for kids that died, and next thing you know, everybody was dying. You know, they want to go to another vigil uh, where Made people sense. are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
but in keeping Joe safe, uh, she actually, you know, cut the spark plug wires on Larry's motorcycle. Uh, mm. And so he couldn't go anywhere either. So, which means she's keeping Joe safe and keeping Larry safe because Larry, if he was still living, would be able to watch Joe. So, mommy Nadine was still planning things out. But right, and she also um, like messed with his walkie-talkie. Right, she cut the wires on that too. So, and I'm like, does no one else have it? Is there just no walkie-talkies? Oh, okay, but in. It also seemed like the town was very spread out because where were they at? Right. I was like, wait a minute. I thought I thought they were in a much more enclosed space, but apparently not because it took Franny a little bit to get there and um, Larry never made it. Yeah, Larry never got there at all. He didn't even know where to go. So, Well, he didn't know there was going to be a bomb downtown, so I guess he was still trying to chase down Nadine or something. I don't Yeah. yeah who knows where he's at. I mean, and they have cars, so of course it's going to take them a minute. Right. I want to look up how big Boulder is. Boulder's pretty. Because <laughs> again, they're they're in Boulder. Yeah, that Boulder is a pretty big place. Let me tell you, they're yeah. just in a little subskirt of it because yeah, yeah. Um, I've been there before. It was kind of big. Okay. All right. So old flag, right out mm. there on the oh, thing. Wow. <laughs> Now, are you back at the beginning? I don't know. Uh, you want to be. Trash Man and uh, Flag cloaked up? Because this is a new version that we've seen. We've seen him young and handsome. We've seen him as the wolf. We've seen him as a raven. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's like in a crone form, huh? Or we don't even see his face. Right. Yeah, we don't see him with, the, we don't see him with Trash Can Man. Yeah. Oh, before we leave Boulder, uh, we forgot. See, this is how much it meant that Dick's death meant nothing to us. Because Mother Abigail went missing. That's why everybody was supposed to be there. So, and when they found her later on, Joe is the one who found Mother Abigail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because she heard something of God wants me found or whatever. So, Joe walked and found her and screamed really loudly in a weird voice. Yeah. And initially, I was like, wait a minute, how far did this kid walk? But apparently, it was near the school. So, but- he didn't walk too far. And she was led back to the school. And it, it's funny because they had all these different uh, patrols out looking for her. So she managed to bypass the patrols and still make it somehow towards the school. Well, or we don't know exactly where she made it to because we never figured out. I just took it as the fact that Joe was out there and his scream brought whoever was looking for her out there. Well, yeah, it was um, one of the lead guy, the searchers. Um, he said, like on the walkie-talkie to Stu um, before everything blew up, that they found her and she was near the school. Right. So, yeah. And she, uh, did you did you look up what the kids were watching? Because that was creepy. I did not. I was uh, really not sure. It was uh, Time Bandits uh, from Terry Gilliam. Oh, Time Bandits. Okay. Yeah. That's an old one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Flag tempted uh, Mother Abigail, too, and that didn't go over well. Yeah, he did try. Yeah. And I was like, Dig, she is 103. Maybe she does want to just go and chill. These people are getting on her nerves. Leave her alone. Mm-hmm. I tell y'all to do something. You don't listen. <laughs> What's right. wrong with you? Come on, people. Uh, okay, so um, out there in the old Vegas. What old got? Vegas or new Vegas? New Vegas. Okay. The judge is hanging on the outside of town hearing stuff. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, everybody knows that she's out there. 
which is yeah dope. yeah and it was you saw her with her little calendar and she was just counting down the days like okay it's gonna be my turn they won't see me coming mm-hmm. no yeah they knew he knew told everybody to watch uh I I wrote it down. I was meant to. I meant to remember what it was, but the one, the one biker guy who was who he was an enforcer too, by the way. Oh I, yes, I uh, he was Lords of Discord. Yes, he was the Lords of Discord. He was the enforcer gunner. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He was a nomad, and we know right. what the nomad. All right. Yeah, he was a nomad, so he's out there doing his own thing. He didn't have his own chapter that he was in. He was just in between chapters. So, oh, and his name is Bobby Terry. Bobby Terry. And he's a one percenter. <laughs> so he, they had a lot. And they built this character up a lot. So, he had a lot so, going on. Uh, we did understand some things about him. It's, you know, the uh, the apocalypse is a good place for him. I, I love the fact that he's still wearing his cut. Of course. And it's a good time. And there was another biker in there too. I didn't really catch him, but he had a cut on too. Uh, uh, and I didn't really, he was one of the ones when flag was asking how, you know, that he had to protect himself, of course, uh-huh. <laughs> and he was getting mad at flag when everybody said, yeah, we're just going to take a step back here collectively. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. They were like, okay, you're about to go. <laughs> and yeah, you just go on Bobby Terry. You, you have fun with that. Bobby Terry did not make it very far. He shot the well. He shot the judge in the head, so we didn't find out anything. We did find out all the flag knows is M O O N is Moon. Yes, that's all he can see. And after taking out old uh, biker guy there, Bobby Terry, Bobby Terry in the elevator, they get downstairs. Yeah, and everybody saw it happen, and they were they were freaked out. So that kind of made me think of what Mother Abigail had said to Randall Flag. Um, like when they were having that chit chat in the forest, like kind of the, was it the last temptation of Jesus mm-hmm. when he was trying to tempt her? Right. And she's like, these people are going to leave you. And I was thinking of her in that scene. Cause let's say you see your boss taking like those kinds of steps against someone, uh, one of your coworkers. Are you going to continue to work at that company? Yeah, no, mm, no, no I, I'm going to disappear when I can. But they also pretty much put in the fact that even though uh new Vegas there is, they have the, murder pits and everything else and everybody's sexing it up all over the place you just can't do whatever you want to do he is the one in charge right so don't screw it up and don't try to run away because it's not going to happen right yeah and it was so funny um during that whole that whole scene where he had used um his wallet and i guess he had a chain bobby terry Mm -hmm. and he locks the door and i was like all right, I'm waiting for him to pop up on the elevator in front of him. Right. It's like just because he's he's magic, he's flag. But no, he blows up the door and then he pops up on the elevator with him. Yeah. Bobby Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I still then, my the, I I still go with the best part of the entire episode was all three of those other people just stepping backwards. That was the best <laughs> part. And then Lloyd is just like completely freaked out. He's like, I told I told him not to do it. I told him to bring her in alive. Mm-hmm. Um and we saw him earlier dealing with his jealousy against Trash Man. He's like, I can handle a lot more responsibility. I, and again, I don't think Lloyd's build up enough either. Not at all. He, he, no, no, no. I agree. Um, so let's talk about Mr. Moon. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Blade Runner chick, the replicant, 
Rat woman. <laughs> Rat woman. <laughs> She's the one who uh, showed Tom, uh, well, told Tom what R-U-N means. He is so smart. So he went and found a machine that matched what his note said. Uh-huh. And he was like, hey, what does this machine say? Because, of course, he can't show him the note. Right. <laughs> Run, run, Mr. Moon, run, run, run Forrest, run, run. Forrest, run. That was my favorite scene. And that turns up later on when, you know, they're calling for cleanup on the elevator one. And she says, send up the moon boy or whatever. Mr. Moon. Mr. Moon. He's our best janitor. And I, I like that reveal. Like that was way better done than having, um, like, I can't remember her name. Like the one he, the one who was, who saw him with, um, with Nick on the road. Oh. I, her name right now yeah lloyd's girlfriend lady friend so originally that's how it happens but i i like this version better oh i i do enjoy this version i like the way that you know flag was mad walking off and he turns around like oh where is this mr moon yeah and and he makes his escape how uh by hiding under the dead bodies very smart so let's talk about this also because in here in vegas we have the murder pits and everything else and we have a small percentage of the population who survived Captain Trips, but mm-hmm. yet we are killing off hundreds of people a night. Right. It, uh, there seems to be a thing there. I don't know. I mean, they they have as much many people as they want. Right. And Tom's going back, and the moon's not totally full yet. Because it's he was, getting there. He was supposed to go back. Like, that's what he was told. He was told to leave at the full moon. So everything's starting to kind of match up. But he is also told to run, so, you know, he's running. Yeah. I, and I like that the fact that he had to cut keys to the truck, and he's like, I have to put these keys here because I don't know how to drive. Right, and, and that it, woman told him to do that. Yeah, they didn't like, force him. The, yeah. So I kind of like Tom's sport. I, I feel, I don't know, I feel we get a little bit more with Tom and everything going on, but I still, it's... A lot of uh, the backstory. That's what we're missing. The backstory and a lot of things. It just. So would you have been down with this being a longer season? Like would 13 episodes have done it, uh, depending on how they wrote it? I would have been down with this being a uh, uh, not f- starting off five months in the future. Yeah. The, like they mess things up, messing up with the timeline. I want you to build the characters up for me. That's what I want you to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got anything else on this? No, I feel like we, we covered everything we can at this point. <laughs> okay. All right, then. I guess that's going to cover it. So if you aren't there already, head on over to purefandom.com. Check out some of the other killer articles posted there. You can check out some of our older podcasts for Van Helsing, Winona Earp, uh, 12 Monkeys, um, The Expanse. Oh, so good. So, so good. That we're going to be talking about here in a bit. And there are also a lot of other there are also a lot of other awesome writers over there putting out some amazing work. If you have any thoughts or comments on this episode, drop it below or hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, email us at bradandcourttalk at gmail.com. And until next time. If you have a creepy acquaintance and he has a manifesto, if you stumble upon that manifesto, don't stick around. Run immediately. That's it for this episode. Head on over to purefandom.com for more awesome content.